You're listening to Surely I Could, a podcast built of an unjustified confidence to succeed at just about anything. Here's your host, Natalie Webb. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of Surely I Could and welcome to the season finale. I mean, obviously it feels weird saying that it's the season finale since I only just started the show a few months ago, but then again, it definitely has become my personality trait to talk about nothing but the podcast. So um, I guess it's about right. Now, season finale, you know, go big or go home, to be honest, in the season finale. I've, I've conquered, you know, nine challenges, nine Surely I Coulds, and it's time for the 10th. But I thought, you know what, I can't just do, you know, any old, any old challenge. I want to do something and I want to do it five times because, you know, it's the finale. We got to, we got to step it up. So I thought over the weekend, a great challenge for me to do to, you know, signify the finale and, you know, just how much my confidence has grown over this podcast and all the fun things I've tried. So I did the weekend facing my fears, five fears over five days for the season finale. Now, some of these fears are probably quite obvious ones to people that know me that I've had for ages. And, you know, they're kind of like you can you can physically see that I'm afraid of things. But some of them, you know, they're a bit deeper. So I wanted to do a bit of a mixture and um, to keep it exciting, you know. So first off was Friday is when I started my fear-facing weekend. And this is a fear that I've had for a long time. And guys, I, I am 24. I am aware of my age. But guys, the dark. Why, why is it so scary for no reason? Like literally if I'm in a room and it's daylight, like it's, it's fine. I know what's there. As soon as I can't see, it's like, is there a demon right in front of me? Like, I, I don't know, probably, I probably just can't see it. So to me, to me, the dark is just not a vibe. So, um, I, I do sleep with you know, a little nightlight. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say it. I need my little nightlight, but it, it kind of wakes me up in the middle of the night. And, you know, I'm, I'm 24 years old. I, I probably should have, you know, a solid sleep schedule down pat by now, but you know, I don't. So I thought on Friday, this would be a, this would be a big life improvement to just be able to sleep without the nightlight. So I, um, I put my big girl pants on and I switched the nightlight off. It, it was hard. But, but I mean, it wasn't that difficult because, you know, I am 24 years old. So I switched it off. My little heart was like, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if there was like a demon staring at me or like someone was going to like tickle my foot out of nowhere. I have this thing. I like sleep with my arms above my head, kind of like crossed and I like rest my hands on my arms. And I'm like, oh my God, what if someone just like starts like tickling my arms or something? Like, I don't know if like demons and stuff are into tickling, but that's just what I think will happen when it's dark and I can't see. And then I think it's not even like a fear of the dark. It's a fear of something happening in the dark and then me waking up and like not being able to see what's going on and then just like having a panic attack. So this was a, this was a solid fear of mine to face. And I did it on Friday night by myself. I actually had a great sleep because I didn't have this light in my face waking me up. So that was our first fear ticked off. And, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm going to keep the nightlight off for now. Still going to keep it close by just in case it's needed. But for now, the nightlight is off. And fear number one was, was quite easily conquered. I'm not scared of the dark. After my unusually great sleep on Friday night, it was time to conquer my next fear on Saturday morning as I was up to fear number two. So we're getting a bit deep now, but 
My second fear that has, you know, affected me for quite a bit is a fear of trying or a fear of seeming like I'm trying too hard. I think I think it's like lame to try, which like I know it's not lame to try. The best example I can think of is I used to do fizzy and in classes, I would never want to like put in my full effort, you know, straight in my arms the whole way or point my head up as high as it was supposed to because I was like, oh, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit lame to try. So how this relates to what I'm currently doing is I have a photography page on Instagram. Follow me at just picture that. And, you know, I just do it for fun and I just take it off my iPhone and I've never done any classes or anything because I'm like, oh, you know, what could they even teach me? It's fine. Like, I don't need it. It's a bit cringe going to a class. But I was like, no, like I want to improve and I want to get out of my comfort zone. So I booked into a photography masterclass down in Fairfield and luckily I got my mum and my mum's friend Seema and my friend Garima, her daughter, to come along to the class to try it out with me and, you know, try something new. But little did we know that it it definitely was not going to be what we expected. So the four of us arrived at our walk bright and early on Saturday morning and we were greeted by two tour guides. One was like from a tour guide company and the other guy was from the local nursery down at Fairfield. So, you know, a bit of a weird start because no one was really giving off vibes that they were photography experts and no one even had a camera. But, you know, it did say you could bring your smartphone. So I was like, it's fine. They'll just teach us how to do it off a smartphone. So... A bunch of other people rocked up and by this stage, the average age was (laughs) definitely pushing 70. I probably should have seen it as a red flag when the first thing this lady said was, when you think about it, bark can actually be really fun. I I probably should have seen that as a red flag, but oh my God, this was in no way, shape or form a photography tour. And that probably should have become very obvious to me when you know, we were, we first asked about taking photos. Seema was like, and can you tell us anything about photography? And the lady was like, um, look at the green trees. And then she, she started talking about her experience with photography. Now I've used a, um, baby voice enhancer to, you know, protect her identity. So it sounds a little bit cooked, but this is what the tour guide had to say about photography. Where's the photography masterclass lady? She was lovely and she was very passionate about the one topic that she did talk about the whole time, which was trees and leaves. I mean, she did go a bit downhill when she was like, guys, look at this tree. It's just like us, two genders, male and female. I was like, oh my God, classic old person. But you know, apart from that, she was good and she was very passionate. The um, the guy from the nursery also equally is passionate about leaves. I didn't didn't know it was a big passion topic, but apparently it is. And um, he was making very intense eye contact with me and I was kind of just giving him nothing back. And he's like... <laughs> if you don't know anything about natives, it's fine. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, if you don't know anything about photography, it's fine. I mean, I obviously didn't say that, but like you would expect to get what you paid for, which I mean, it was free, but honestly, it was kind of annoying. So, um, new fear unlocked, fear of being scammed, to be honest. And I wasn't the only one who thought that, you know, in the words of Seema, there was no photo photography (laughs) workshop. It was a scam. But you know what? It was still a lovely walk. And my mom suggested that I try conquer a fear that I never really do, which is the fear of confrontation. And she suggested that I ask the lady, you know, was this supposed to be a photography masterclass? I was actually very nervous to ask her this, but I finally did it. 
And she was kind of just like, um, it was an experience to see beautiful things. And I was like, okay, that's very wholesome. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. And then she did apologize when I think she realized that that's kind of what it was supposed to be. So, you know, I, I did it. I, you know, confronted her. I'm, I'm not a massive Karen about it. I was very nice about it. And I didn't really get what I wanted out of it, but you know, I conquered the fear. On Sunday morning, I was up bright and early to conquer my third fear. And this is one that I'm pretty sure a hundred percent of people have had the fear of failure. I'm sure it comes in many different shapes and forms for people, but the fear of failure for me is when I set myself goals, I think I set them like way too modestly so I can kind of ensure that I'll be able to achieve them. So for example, I'll set myself a goal to read a book in a month, which is obviously very easy and achievable. Or on the other end of the spectrum, I'll set myself goals that are literally so impossible to achieve that it's no big deal when I don't achieve them. I'll be like, I'm going to learn a language in a week, or I'm going to run a marathon on the weekend. And it's like, I never even had intentions of doing them. So I needed to stop being so zero to 100 and set a goal that was difficult to achieve, but it wasn't guaranteed that I was going to achieve it. So the self-sabotage began when I told myself that a realistic goal was to run a half marathon on a Sunday morning before my soccer game, when my record for running in a row is literally three kilometers. My mom talked me down to 10 and then I'm halfway through the run, I, I talked myself down to five. And you know, five was a good solid goal to try achieve running five Ks in a row without walking. But I also wasn't sure if I was going to get it. So I was facing this fear of trying something, knowing that I might fail. So yeah, have a listen to this voice memo I took. When I was just over 2Ks into the run, I was really having some lady problems. And this, so I thought, realistic 10 kilometer goal clearly became unrealistic. Hey guys, happy Sunday morning. We're just over 2.5K. I'm running downhill currently, so I'm feeling okay. Apart from the general not being able to breathe, but I don't know if that's a big deal. Um, my back, my lower back, and my upper thighs are literally killing me, but my record is three, so I'll make that 10. 10's not looking good. So yeah, the 10 kilometers was really not looking good at this stage and it was time to reevaluate my goal. I guess that's part of, you know, accepting failing is kind of just changing the goalposts and doing what you can sometimes. So I decided that my new goal was to run 5k in a row, which still would have been a new record. Kilometers three to five were definitely very challenging and I was so tired. I took a screenshot on my phone every time I felt like giving up and there was like 12 of them just between those 2k's. And I had definitely faced my fair share of challenges on this run, including 10 meters in, realizing that my shorts were way too big for me, but being so stubborn that I was like, no, I started running, can't, can't stop till five or 10 K. So I had to fondle myself on the street to tie them up. <laughs> Not really, but obviously that's what I'm freaking out about in my head. And I also got Nelly hit by a bike, like a bunch of times because my music was way too loud and that'd be like, ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, sorry. So, um, high stress situation, but you know, I got it done and I was very proud. Now I, you know, I had told people that I intended to shoot a 10. So I guess I did fail on that front, but you know what? It's okay. We faced the fear of failure and it was all fine. I mean, in the future, I guess don't tell people your goals and they won't know that you failed them, but, <laughs> but you know, that's not the point of this. 
So um, you can still achieve stuff without going, you know, totally overboard or totally underboard. I was just a, just a steady level of bored. And I was proud that I was able to set myself a realistic but challenging goal that I wasn't too concerned if I failed it or not. Because in my own words after the run, there is literally no way I could have possibly ever done 10. <laughs> so my fear facing over the weekend had been pretty successful, but now it was Monday and it was time to face one of my longest standing fears, which is the fear of snakes. There's slippery little suckers. <laughs> Um, I wasn't ever like a big fan of snakes, but my fear definitely was cemented on a trip to Vanuatu when I was in line to hold a snake and like take a picture of it when I was 10 years old. I remember I was super nervous to hold it, but you know, I was willing to do it. They're like, it's safe, you know, it's fine. It's not aggressive at all. But then the little boy in front of me, I honestly was next in line staring at this. The snake just bites him in the face. And you know, it, it probably was the boy's fault. He probably was like being annoying, but I was like, oh little 10 year old Nat was like, that could have been me. And I was like, I obviously got straight out of that line. And ever since then, I'm like, okay, snakes are not a vibe. And I'm, I'm never really going to hold one. Since then I've encountered lots of snakes. My family got super into bird watching for a good solid five years there. And I swear they would just go to the most snake infested patches of grass they could possibly find. So I would be on my brother's shoulders. I would be crying. I feel like whenever I see a snake in the wild, like tears are just triggered. I just can't help it. And you know, apart from seeing them in the wild, you would think that I wouldn't really have to encounter snakes too often. But my lovely boyfriend, Harry, just happens to be a huge reptiles fan. And he has three snakes at his house. Now these snakes have gotten out before and his whole family's like, don't, don't, don't let Natalie know. But I always seem to find out. And even though snakes have the cutest names ever, like the ones that I find very intimidating are big old twirl and curly whirly, but they, they are scary to me. So I decided that I would hold definitely the least intimidating one, which is his green tree python, which is this cute little snake called Arrow. But my beef with these snakes is that they eat full-size rats just as they are. And I often happen to see these rats around, like in my freezer. One time I was at Harry's house, just wanting to get a glass of water and in the sink, there's just rats defrosting. And I'm like, oh, scarred for life. So when I went to hold this snake, I wasn't thinking about that at the time, but once Harry got it out of its cage and I like held the back of it, I was like, I can feel the rat in this snake. This is disgusting. And Harry's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, I, I literally feel like I can. And it was just like, you know, it was all squirming in my hands. It was just not a vibe. And I feel like the snake was in like a weirdly bad mood this day because you know, like other animals that have legs, you know, they, they point their feet in one direction. You can like tell kind of what their next move is going to be. Snakes, they really throw me off with the no legs thing because they just like yeet from the middle of their body. And I swear their head is just like, like a, like a windmill, like their head just spins at like no warning. So I was all for holding the whole snake. But then its head just started doing this little windmill motion and I was like, oh, I'm out. And there's some photos and I just look literally terrified. So, um, guys, I know this, this episode was about facing your fears, but I'm sorry to report. I, I did not hold this snake solo. I held the back of it. I feel like I felt the rat in it and then I was done. So holding the snake was obviously a bit of a fail, but my next fear-facing challenge is one that I can definitely do because I'm doing it live in the moment on the pod. 
And that is facing my fear of judgment and being judged. Now, I'm sure everyone loves to think that they're like this bad bitch that doesn't care what anyone else thinks, but obviously everyone at some stage has had a fear of being judged. And to me, I sometimes have a fear of being too like serious and not just like bagging myself out, making fun of myself. And you know, a fear of being a bit, a bit vulnerable, if I, if I might say. And um, that's exactly what I'm going to do with this next segment. I decided that I wanted to read a piece of poetry, which might come as a shock to some people on the podcast to, you know, face my fear of judgment because because just the thought of reading poetry on the podcast makes a hundred different worries go through my head. I'm like, well, this is lame. No one will care. People will skip it. People will turn it off. Well, I said, this is a comedy. This isn't funny. But you know what? It's my podcast, so I can really do whatever I want. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure the listeners are not going to mind. But even if they do, it's okay because I'm facing up to my fear of judgment. And to do that, I'm going to read a poem that I wrote. This poem came to me probably because I was a bit stupid with clouds yet again. Obviously, clouds are just not my thing. Flashback to win a game show. And I was on the way home from Queensland in January. And like La Nina, El Nina, Still don't know which one. Obviously made it very overcast for like months and months at the start of the year. And I actually had no idea that when it's overcast, that's like all cloud. I don't know if that's like a common thing that people know, but I just kind of thought the sky turned gray and like thinking about it now, of course it's cloud, but I found this out when it was super overcast and the plane went up. And then once we got above the clouds, the sun and all this blue shot, this blue sky just like shone through. And I was like, oh my God, like it's so beautiful. Like even when it's cloudy, I had no idea that the sky was like just always blue. So um, that was a little wholesome thing for me to figure out. And it inspired this poem that I guess is about remaining optimistic. Even when things seem like they're going wrong, you don't always know the big picture, life's going to work out, blah, blah. So um, this is my poem titled, the sky's always blue. Up above the clouds, the sky is always blue. Yet back down on earth, this doesn't seem true. There's a field with cloudy skies, but our perception deceives us, it feeds us lies. Yet upon a plane, I saw it was true when the grey slipped away and the blue beamed through. I thought to myself, what a beautiful thing, even when it seems dull, the sky keeps beaming. I guess it's like life when you think it through. Things are not what they seem, blocked by a false view. When our days appear bleak and our hope is low, we can't see the blue sky as we're sucked down below. But what a wonderful world if everyone knew that even when it's cloudy, the sky is always blue. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty deep stuff, I know. Um, feel, feel free to grab a tissue. But you know what? New fear conquered. Fear of judgment. I don't care what you guys think, but I hope you liked it. So guys, that was five out of five done. I, I did it. I conquered most of them. Definitely a solid four out of five. But you know what? At the end of the weekend, something, something just felt missing because my number one fear in real life that honestly comes up every single morning when I drive to work is my fear of steep hills. After soccer training the other night, I was like, Varney, I need to go conquer this fear. And we did a little voice memo on it to, to finish off the episode, finish off the season on a high. And um, the quality of this voice memo is shocking, but I was, I was not thinking about quality at the time. I was thinking about conquering my number one fear. Okay, guys, I have tackled my five fears in five days. 
but I've I've realized I've been avoiding the number one fear that um a bit emotional. It, it affects me every single day in my life. And I'm I'm here with Barney. Hi, hi again. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I'm here with Barney to conquer this fear, which is the fear of driving on steep hills, and in particular stopping on steep hills. I, I can vouch for this. I've been in the car with her many times where I've had to coach her through a, yeah. a hill start. I've definitely had people hold the handbrake for me or I go way over the line, the pedestrian line, because I'm like so scared of the car rolling back. Or, or you pull over and wait till the light goes green. Oh, so you get a yeah, that's a classic top. one. That one is a bit stressful because then you have to like quickly cut in and go. So we're at a steep hill that I used to tackle quite often and I would always shit myself. But I'm going to do it. I'm not going to use the handbrake, and I'm going to conquer a fear that affects me on the daily. So, um, Barney, if you could please take the phone. We shall, we shall drive on up. Okay. I would say I'm on a solid 40-degree angle. Do you need coaching, or you've got this on your own? I think I've got it. <laughs> I'm extremely scared. I'm also only wearing socks. <gasps> There's a car. Is it going behind? Oh, it's going behind. Okay. We're fine. We're fine. Okay, I actually do feel anxious. My stomach is a bit sore. I just have visions of letting go of the brakes and the car just down the road. Well, there's no one behind you at least. If you're rolling, you're good. Okay, okay, it's going on. It's going on. Okay, three, two, go. Ah! Oh, I got it! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we conquered. We conquered! The car didn't even move! And um, we've, we've done it. The thing that affects me the most, number one fear, I'm, I'm confident. I feel like you're going to be good now. You think? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's only taken you, how many years have you been driving for? Probably, I'm probably, I'm probably eight or so. Nice, eight years. Eight years. You've done it. I feel liberated. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> well done. Thank you. there you have it guys I faced not five but six fears and you know what I'm feeling amazing and I'm feeling amazing that I've come to the end of my first season of this podcast this podcast honestly has given me so much energy and joy and I'm so grateful to anyone that has listened tune back in July season two we're going bigger we're going better and surely I could do a bunch of random stuff that I'm super keen for thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side